Welcome to Take It From The Top, a podcast brought to you by the Recruitment Innovation Exchange, also known as RICS. On Take It From The Top, we interview leaders within the recruitment industry to discuss various pressing topics within the sector. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us for this wonderful panel and this wonderful discussion to talk about navigating the new world. I thought I'd take a moment just to, to introduce uh, the discussion today. Uh, so as I mentioned, it's navigating the new world. This is new territory. This is unprecedented times that we all find ourselves in. But one of the unique parts about the recruitment industry is that we very much band together in times like this where everyone needs to leverage the community and really to leverage one another. And there's been a phrase that's been going around around all in this together. And I don't think that's ever more apt than it is today. We're very lucky that we've got an executive's perspective. Uh, we've got two people joining us, Bev from Harvey Nash and James from Air Swift. And we'll get to the introductions in a little bit. But really is an opportunity for us to take this as an opportunity to ask questions, um, actually hear other people's practical advice and, and see if we can take this community spirit a little bit further and hopefully into several other of these sessions as we move throughout the next couple of weeks and, and hopefully not a couple of months but uh, as uh, time starts to get back to, to normality to a certain degree. Just want to kick straight off with our, our panelists. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, both a moment just to introduce yourself. Um, my name is Sean Meese. I'm the regional vice president of our enterprise business. I've been aboard for around eight years now and prior to that I was abroad being for five years. So always on the supplier side but a unique perspective challenges and the opportunities that our business leaders have. Uh, Bev, I'd like to hand over to you to introduce yourself. Yes, hi, good afternoon everyone. Um, so I'm Bev White. I joined Harvey Nash as the group CEO on the 3rd of February. So uh, it's been a very interesting few months um, and uh, I love working in the organisation. I spent more than half of my career as a technologist. So to work with uh, a brand that is very much focused on tech recruitment and solutions uh, is absolutely brilliant. Thank you. James. So I'm probably the opposite of Beth. I've, I've been at Air Swift almost 20 years this July. <laughs> um, and I'm currently, my, my role at the moment is uh, Chief Operations Director at Air Swift. So I look after all of the centralized support functions in our regions around the world, including IT, marketing, learning and development, HR, etc. So um, yes, challenging times and um, Happy to, you know, looking forward to discuss how we've uh, approached it. Excellent. Thank you very much. So we uh, I really appreciate everyone that submitted their questions as part of registration, but equally look a lot of the, the challenges and the discussion topics that our business leaders that we've interacted with and our clients have been talking about as well. Uh, we've kind of bubbled them up into some major themes here. Uh, we're going to kick off by talking about managing change and culture in this environment. Uh, everyone's new to remote working, managing teams in that regard as well. So interested to hear the panel's uh, thoughts and, and feedback on that. Uh, how to lead in a crisis. And I think we, we talked about this on one of the prep calls uh, earlier on with Bev. Been in the company for such a short space of time and walked straight into to this uh, environment, which is, is very unique and something I'm keen to hear about as well. Uh, and moving into opportunities. 
So with every disruption, with every change, with every uh, kind of move and shift within the market that does provide itself opportunities and in particular to the recruitment market, especially where you have a diversified business or whether you're very niche as well. So keen to hear the panel's thoughts around you know, what can we look to in terms of being prepared for the snapback, but equally what opportunities we can see today. Uh, and then lastly, this really came up from one of our prep sessions as well, is we've got a lot of tenure on this panel, um, myself, even, even, uh, even on the supplier side, and we want to talk about the similarities and differences now with what we're experiencing versus previous recessions or bear markets as well. Uh, depends on how optimistic you want to be in terms of that word itself. Uh, and then lastly, we're going to get to the attendees' questions as well. Now, for all of you that have been to a panel, been to one of these discussions, you know for a fact that our likelihood of getting through everything is minimal. Uh, what we will say though, is that please add questions uh, within the chat box on the webinar. Uh, afterwards, there will be a survey as well coming out asking for, for more feedback, more questions, and, and the types of topics that you would like to hear moving forward. This is going to be the first of a series. Hopefully, uh, Bev and James, will, if we don't scare them too much, would like to join us back to discussion um, but hopefully we can cover as much as possible today so with that I'm going to get rid of the screen for now so you can see our lovely faces even more so and, uh, and we'll kick off so talking about the main theme around managing managing change and culture um, one of the, the first questions I wanted to put on the table is you know how are your businesses adapting to the environment and what have you uh, you seen in terms of the adaptation so far and Bev, would you mind uh, just giving us a brief insight? Mm, sure. Um, <clears throat> so we'd moved over to um, Office 365 probably towards the tail end of last year uh, and I'm so grateful we've done that because um, as you know this terrible virus started to emerge around the world we were sending teams home to test you know everything was working and capacity and so on so we had an opportunity to kind of get that up and running but I don't think anything quite prepares you know no matter how much flexibility you have in in the way that you operate your business for home working until everybody's actually at home you know working at their in their kids bedroom or in the kitchen or wherever they're working from um, you, you can't really tell how your business is going to you know, feel. So, you know, there's a whole variety of things. So the, the technology worked, which was brilliant. So, you know, we spend, you know, our world now in, in teams, always video on because, you yep. know, we want to, you know, we're a personal business, person to person. So that's important. Um, and, and then, you know, making sure that we kind of put some structure around our days because it'd be very easy, you know, to kind of get away from that. So recommendations about how not you know, rigidly, but, you know, some recommendations. And then we put a lot of social elements into it. So we found we didn't have to do it. People did, you know, set up kind of um, yoga sessions and exercise classes and, you know, running classes. Uh, and suddenly this emerged. And then we launched um, something we call uh, International I. N-T-E-R-N-A-S, International News, for our Nash Tech business. Um, but we we launched that across the entire business in our first few days and that's got social elements it's got new wins it's got you know kind of wise words from people around around the world and all of those things have helped draw us tightly together and i think you know we can't overestimate the amount of communication you know we found it's really important to do you really reach out and ask people you know if they're okay outside yeah. of the normal business you know how's it going but personally how are you 
Yeah, no, we're, we're definitely seeing elements of that as well. It's, uh, it's crazy the, the evolution of some of the applications like House Party, but also some of the day-to-day the -day applications you've had in your business, like Teams, GoToMeeting, and, and Zoom as well, become so prevalent in terms of interaction and communication. Uh, James, how about yourself? Very, very similar. We're, we're, you know, we're now patting ourselves on the back a little bit. We, we moved into a pure cloud-based strategy about two years ago. So, phew, glad we did that. Uh, can't recommend it you know, thoroughly enough to anybody out there. Teams is a godsend, um, as Bev, Bev said, and we've done very similar things. As a management team, we um, we made a decision very early on when we saw it was going to be move, you know, everyone in the world is going to be moving to working from home. Um, one to over communicate, and two to lead by example. So, um, as an executive team now, we are taking turns once a week to put a video out there um, on a topic, you know, whatever it may be that helps the business. We've done one on, you know, how can you create value in this world? How can you um, sell on video, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, we're all taking turns as a management team now recording ourselves like this, putting out to the business, using teams and, and, and sharing, you know, sharing our experiences, but moreover, leading by example about getting everyone to use video, which, which I think is critical and similar, you know, that spiraled off into some wonderful directions. You know, folks are creating virtual pubs and quiz nights and all that great yeah. stuff. So yeah, I think, yeah. I think my, my message is over, over communicate right now. Um, you, you can't do, you can't do enough communication right now. So, so when we think about people's health and well-being, um, as we're getting towards Easter, obviously all the children are off school, and, and typically this is when you would start preparing for holidays or having a plan in the summer. Uh, how are you managing um, holiday and um, PTO, etc.? James, want to kick that I mean, off? We're, we're, we're encouraging people to continue to take their holiday as if they would. You know, obviously in the UK and some other countries. You have the, there's, the, there's the rollover, but we are certainly coming along the angle of we all need sanity. We all need to keep sane. We need to spend time with our families. And yes, you know, I think I'm learning working from home is strange. Um, I've done it before and from a day here and a day there. But, you know, three weeks into this now, I'm taking a week off next week to spend purely time, you know, time with the kids because, you know, you are locked away for a lot of the time and they don't see you. So we really try and encourage the, you know, just because we're locked at home at the moment. Take your time, log off, close the laptop, and spend time with your family. Uh, you need it as much as the business needs to spread its holiday you know, uh, allowances throughout the year. So that's something we're, we're proactively again communicating at the moment. Yeah, very similarly. Very, very similarly. Um, you know, we're encouraging people to take um, their holiday uh, and you know to get a bit of a break, uh, even if they can't get out of their home or their garden. You know, to at least uh, as James said, you know, take time away from from the team's environment, which is pretty intensive. I think the the risk is, you know, it's a short commute to work, right? So, um, you know, the days can be very long and full on. Uh, and so making sure you take breaks, encouraging our people, ourselves, actually, leading by example to James's yeah. point, you know, to, to do that uh, and, and not sending, you know, requests to people kind of odd hours of the day just because it suits you because now you know people are very kind of intensely looking out for for news yeah and i think um i think the, the mental health and, and the health and well-being is, uh, is a topic i'd like to stay on for a moment if, if you don't mind so um two questions and we can answer them anyway so first and foremost what sort of strategies do you have in place and um, the key motivation up uh, one of our attendees has just kind of noted here that three or four weeks in morale is quite high people start to adapt to the culture and all of a sudden you start to get that little bit of a dip in terms of 
you know, like motivation. Um, and then the second part of that question is, is what lessons have you learned so far? Okay. Um, so I, I already mentioned that we have a daily news um, sheet, which actually the authors are all the people, the editors and chiefs and so on are from around the different countries that we operate out of. So it's not me, my team um, generating it, which is great. So, you know, the content is what people are interested in hearing more of and sharing. Um, I think the other thing is I, I put out a weekly blog. So, um, you know, highlighting different meetings I may have attended, you know, for different countries or, uh, you know, different things I've picked up with, you know, and heard on kind of on the grapevine, if you like. So just to keep people up to speed about the way I'm thinking, I've done that since day one um, when I first joined. So, you know, that's continuity is important. I, th I think the other element is, you know, making sure that we are really encouraging people to check in you know with their teams to so get their teams online um yeah. daily ideally uh you know and as i said camera on i think that bit's really important so people can see other people you know when you're in a, a room on your own somewhere it can get it can feel a little bit lonely even though you know we're not yeah. clearly are we there's a lot of us around on this call this afternoon um and then i think you know really kind of listening out and and you know paying attention to the kind of um, messaging that we're hearing through our managers so my team and i meet every day online um, you know we've done that for now four weeks uh, and so we get to pick up what's going on around the world and we can react to that um, so and, and be highly visible and connected i think would be what i would say yeah, I think there's something in that, and I myself as well as some of my team members, uh, everyone's uh, kind of home environment's different, so whether you're house sharing with a few friends and you're all trying to fight for, for the table in the kitchen, or, you know, wherever you are just living on your own, you know, there's this equal uh, challenges that are faced there as well. I think what I did hear from that, though, is, is ensuring continuity top down between leadership and uh, some of the folks on the floor, on the ground in, in different places, but uh, also empowering those employees, which has always been a theme uh, for all of the topics that I've or discussions I've seen you in as well over the last couple of years. But it's empowering employees to ensure that they have a voice. So actually now more than ever is, is putting them in as the chief editor of your, you know, your news article or bringing ideas to the table, hosting an event, etc. Uh, could it could you know help them with that motivation as well? James, what about lessons yeah. learned? Yeah, I mean on that that point you just you just said there. I mean one of the great things we've seen is, is the way our, our leadership has stepped up and taken the challenge on. Um, and I think it's the most important thing for us is just to give them some some broad framework and some broad um, targets about what you know what we can do now as a business. You know, we are certain desks have gone completely cold, you know, but some 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 desks are still warm and chug, uh, you know chugging along. But um, you know, in, ensuring that we can identify where the you know the, the slow elements of the business are going to be and, and, and focusing on those people and saying, okay, well look, oil and gas right now is quiet, so. Let's go over. Let's go and look at retail. Let's go and look at logistics because we we can see the you know medical at the moment, obviously. So we we try to give them some broad framework of direction about where they can apply themselves. And I think over the next eight twelve weeks, I don't know how long this is going to last, 
you know, having those people with a purpose and a direction that we've been have been set that we're expecting them to step up to is great, and they have. And um, I think if you if you give those people the the challenge, they'll step up to it. The worst thing you can do is sit back and say, well, if nothing's coming in, nothing's coming in. There's nothing you can do. The worst thing you can do. So um, think about how we can you know move move our focus and move our um, perspective into new markets and diversify with with the changing environment. And people yeah. have stepped up onto that. Yeah, that's excellent. And I think it gives you a different insight into the individuals that, that work with you as well, right? So the people that are typically front, front and center the whole time, but actually you might have some people that may be quite reserved, but actually have to take the time, really kind of research and bring, bring those ideas to the front where, you know, we all work in a fast paced environment. Sometimes it's not as easy to do that. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you. Um, let's kind of dip into a little bit, and we've kind of blurred the line from, from managing changing culture leadership within a crisis but like I said, there's no framework for the, these type of discussions it's a good thing um what are the kind of the, the key skills or, or characteristics uh, a leader should have at this point in time what are you looking for i think again visibility at the moment absolutely key make, make yourself seen and heard and ensure that um you know your message is, is getting through to through to the business i mean I think as well, don't shy away from the tough conversations right now. There are going to be, you know, things we're all doing as businesses that aren't what we would choose to do. Um, and shying away from that and trying to brush that under the carpet is is not um, the best thing to do. What we've seen is, you know, we've all, again, we've all had to make some tough decisions and actions recently, but putting that out there, being honest and open and giving the reasons why, you know, you're trying to protect the bigger whole here. Again, the people that, you know, are, are going to be staying with you on this journey again step up because they're like okay i understand you know i'm going to work harder to you know to help us all get through this at the moment so i think that's that for me is is has been key is not shying away from the realities of the situation and you know don't sugarcoat it and people will step up and deliver for you yeah and i think that's in there and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty certain that that's a question on the lips of, of all of the attending at the white market anyways there is going to be some some tough messages that need to be delivered um a lot of the time these messages are for the great good of the organization and for you know everyone as a whole um you're i guess it's kind of advice on how to deliver that message so from yourself it's kind of no sugar be transparent and, and actually talk about it and why um bev characteristics or what you're looking for in a good leader but how that comes down to having a tough conversation um, what are you looking for? well first of all you know i don't assume that everybody has um you know been in this kind of rapid change world before so i think for us um you know we've been doing some uh, leadership webinars. Um, so I brought in three people that I know and trust that I've worked with over a number of years um, who are real experts in you know, change uh, in all kinds of conditions um, and big talent leaders. And I got them to um, ask them to run these leadership uh, series for us. So helping people understand, you know, it's okay to feel, as a leader, to feel uncertain um, and, yep. you know, to have your own doubts uh, and so on. Uh, and at the same time, you know, when you're in front of your team, be very clear, you understand the message you're delivering. No deviation, um, you know, lack of clarity creates uncertainty and worry. So, you know, do your homework uh, and make sure you understand the message that you're being asked to deliver as a leader. Um, you know, listen, be empathetic. At the same time, though, 
um, I think as James has said there, you know, it's really important tough messages, deliver them with empathy, but don't deviate from the message. I think it's important and people on the whole value that. Um, yeah. So, uh, and being heard, making sure that people realize that they are being listened to and that you are taking, you know, their concerns on board uh, and to respond, I think. So if questions, if you have open channels for questions that come out as a result of some change program you might be delivering, make sure you go back quickly with, again, very clear answers and then share, you know, a general version of those questions and answers out to the wider population because it could be someone else is sitting there wondering the same thing. Yeah, and I think there's something in that which you just mentioned there as well is I think intrinsically everyone has had to adapt to change in, in some form um, throughout their careers, throughout their lives as well. So um, we know how we how we react to it. We know how we deal with it. And actually, we also know how to coach through that and deliver messages, but also, you know, ideas of the framework. So it does kind of pull out some of those core skills and core qualities that we have already. And obviously, the impact is much greater nowadays. But there is there is some of that, that core skill set sitting there across our employee base as well. So no, that's that, that's that's a really good point. Thank you. I think if you um, allow me, I'll just add one extra thing, which is, um, and again, you know, if somebody isn't prepared um, well enough, you know, to go in and deliver some difficult perhaps um, messaging then you know it can be tempting to kind of disown those messages and i think it's again about making sure that that doesn't happen um, that you equip your leaders uh, and yourself to make sure that you know you're owning it that bit's really important you know it doesn't your team will not thank you for your, for turning around and saying well it wasn't me it was it was them yeah. um, you know actually that's weak um, and so we're, you know, looking to equip as all of our leaders to, you know, to be strong, courageous um, and empathetic leaders. And I think those are really important characteristics right now. But, but can I ask you a bit of a candid question, actually? Apologies, so let's catch you off guard. But um, typically when you see vulnerability as a leader, as a leader, uh, for me, I typically share that vulnerability at my peer level and above. Um, how do you do that when you are the CEO? Who do you share? Um, my team, um, for sure. I think um, it's it always starts with with you. Um, so, I think if you set the right tone, and I can't promise um, you'd have to ask them um, how they <laughs> feel about this, um, uh, but maybe that's for another one. Uh, so, no, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think you know when you take on a leadership role, I think part of it is about setting, you know, the tone and, and the style of what, you know, you're looking to deliver yourself and what you're expecting from others. And so, you know, I, I will always start by, um, first of all, listening, because not insert my own view first. But secondly, you know, if, if I've had doubts or concerns or worries myself, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I put that on the table? Because collectively, we'll be able to find a solution. Um, uh, you know, together. I think it's good to have robust debate with your senior team, uh, you know, and make sure that you leave your virtual room, um, you know, joined up, but also, you know, sharing where your own concerns and worries are. I think that's a strength, the real strength. Yeah, we, um, sorry, James, I don't feel like we're isolating you for a moment, but we'll get to you. We'll have a, we'll have a candid question in a moment. 
um, yeah, uh, one of the books that I've read uh, previously uh, a couple of years ago was The Five Dysfunctions of the Team. Um, that was always quite a unique perspective. So it's establishing your number one team. So typically that's your, your leadership group, or if you're a sales a, a team leader on the floor, that'd be you know your group there. Um, but without dysfunction, you, you can't really have a good debate. You can't have you know, positive conflict to understand who's bringing what to the table, why do they care about it, what does it mean? And therefore actually align on the results to get you through that at the end. So, you know, it sounds odd that we're encouraging dysfunction and conflict, but as long as it's in the right way, yeah, that, that's kind of a good thing to drive yourselves forward as well. Well, I think okay. if you don't address it in that room, it will spill out into rooms you don't want it to. So yeah, well, the room you're not in. It. Correct, exactly. I've always believed that, you know, you've got to be able to be in a place where you trust your leaders at any level to deliver the message, you know, whether you're there or not, um, and to own that message. And I think if, if you can't, then you need to go back to having that conversation and equip people to be able to do it. Yeah. So, James, multiple functions roll up to you. That must yeah. be a challenge in itself when you're trying to deliver, a, in effect, a unified message and, and show solidarity, but actually the impact differs for each department. So how, how do you imagine that? Well, the interesting thing at the moment is some, some of those departments that, you know, perhaps always on the back of the pile or not, not in the spotlight have, have been thrown into the spotlight over the last, you know, three or four weeks. You know, IT has become the most critical function in the business almost after sales. Um, and our guys have stepped up the challenge immensely. Uh, again, thank goodness for a, for a cloud-based strategy. But you know, these guys are now working strange hours to make sure we've got, you know, 24-hour coverage. Um, everyone is now, you know, um, logging in. They can't walk over to the desk and ask for support anymore. So, you know, the, the support questions and queries are coming in thick and fast. But um, the systems have held up. Remote working is is, is working for us. So that's very interesting, obviously. So that's an area now of... You know, we're really protecting that, um, that overhead base because um, it's become so critical. And the other one is probably learning and development, our, our training division. Uh, those guys have stepped up brilliantly. Um, they're plowing out new content. Um, one of the best things I've seen, and I would recommend everyone get hold of something, you know, on, on video selling. Um, if you haven't done that with your sales teams before, um, we put a lot, to, a lot of content out recently about how you can have, you know, productive um, sales meeting like, th like this, you know, face to face, but over video, that's gone down a storm. Um, and again, um, changing your market focus. So where these people's desks have suddenly gone very cold and they probably will stay cold for a, a good few months, um, arming them with strategies uh, and tools to, to go out and find new customers and new clients in some of these markets that we're, we're not particularly well known in, but we know are going to be very, very busy and we can probably make an impact in. So it's been interesting to see how, you know, those departments have, have suddenly become front and center in the organization, whereas before, you know, more, more in the back, more in the shadows, making things work, but very critical at the moment. Okay, I'm gonna come back to the, the client part as well. You mentioned around like new strategies to be able to, you know, sell clients, get people on board. We'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, a big question that's coming up across the, uh, the attending is, Technologies that we're utilizing, so we've mentioned Zoom, we're on GoToMeeting, we've used various others. There any other kind of formats or technologies that you recommend? And then I'll parlay that into another question around big group company meetings. Do you do big sessions? Is it sending a video around? Like, what would you recommend? From Bullhorn's perspective, we always have a monthly town CEO, everyone's on video. Um, can be um, but yeah what about yourselves any technology and what about the the whole company 
I mean, we're, we're completely on the Microsoft. Um, we're on an E5 license package, Office 365, um, and we're on Dynamics in the back office. So with Vaultable as well, um, you know, exactly all of our core systems are, are in the cloud and accessible from, from where you are today, um, which is great. Um, uh, Video-wise, we, again, Teams is great because people could create their own little worlds in Teams and have their own channels and their own project groups, et cetera, and they can work with that. We don't we don't broadcast live to all of our employees globally just because of time. Yeah, we are from you know Australia to you know uh, San Francisco, so you can't ever you can't ever get everyone on the same. So we, again, coming back to what I said earlier, we, we push out videos pre-recorded for people to consume um, when they're awake and in their work hours. So we certainly you know do a lot of that now uh, more so than ever. Okay. Oh, so. Yeah, we'll use videos. Um, obviously, uh, Teams I've mentioned. Uh, we'll use GoToMeeting and, and Zoom for different purposes as well. Um, two weeks ago, around a town hall uh, twice um, to get the different time zones um, uh, for our business uh, in, in place. So I think that bit's important. And then virtual uh, whiteboarding tools. So uh, in our Nash Tech business and Crimson business, which are you know both solutions um, hubs then you know we need to be able to kind of work on design uh, and so on so I think the virtual whiteboarding really is helping enormously especially where we're involving you know our clients in design work. Okay I think to um, kind of bring this section to a little bit of a close how what what's the what's the sense right now is it Longer term vision and it, and the strategy we walked into 2020 with on point, or is it more focused on today? What's happening today? I think leaders have to do both. Be, leaders have to do both. You always have to look at the here and now and and where you're heading. So I don't think that's changed. I think perhaps what is changing though is this new world is providing us new opportunities. So that means perhaps what we might have been heading down a path of, you know, in the medium term, actually we might accelerate it when we come out the other side of this now um, or, or adjust it because new things have come up. Yeah, I think the same here. You know, technology obviously is a, is a critical path and that's going to go way up the priority list for us um, on the other side of this. But also, you know, strange thing, but, you know, you know, the, the whole fear of working from home and flexible working, I think this crisis has, has put that to the front and there is the stigma. Yeah, but there, there, I still think there's a stigma in recruitment about, you know, you can't have your recruiters working from home. They're not going to work. They're going to go in the pub. Uh, we're not seeing that. And, you know, it's certainly got me thinking about, do we need all these offices? Do we need all this estate on the other side of this? Um, you know, and perhaps getting a bit more, bringing that forward in the agenda is certainly something I'm going to be pushing. Well, that's the thing, right? Everyone's so used to being touchy-feely and unless you're at your desk at eight or nine o'clock or it depends on how liberal you are as a recruitment leader, then you're not there. And therefore, I'm saying that you are not working factor. So uh, an interesting point here as well is what what sort of um, have you have you softened KPIs or the metrics that you used to measure success or define productivity by, or have you added? You know, what are we kind of looking at? I say we was closing down that subject, but actually, we're going to keep going for a minute. Oh, we're not we're not softening them, but we obviously are uh, conscious where, where some people are going to face a complete wall of 
nothingness. So again, coming back to repurposing those people and giving them new objectives and new KPIs that um, aren't necessarily going to be fills and you know um, and that kind of stuff. It's going to be you know, lead generation and, um, and and bringing in new opportunities. So they're certainly they're just as tough, uh, perhaps even tougher. You know, new business is hard, um, but we're certainly not softening them. Um, yeah, we're looking at a bit of commission, perhaps. You know, we might look at um, changing some of the commission, having earlier draws and lower draws and things like that, just to get, help get people through the the next three months. But um, you know, the, the, the core KPIs still work where there are busy desks up for us. Uh, again, because we're on the cloud, this, all the information is there. You can see productivity. You can see who's working, who's not. Um, and I say, you know, thankfully, you know, everyone's continuing to work pretty much as they were, even in, not in the office. I don't have the same for you. You still with us, Beth? Oh, we might have lost Beth for a moment. Um, James, just to, to follow up on that question then. So you mentioned that, is, is it an active yeah, discussion? Yeah, I, I think oh, sorry, not much different. Not much different. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, we'll get back now. Oh, now you're gone. I think we've got some lag on the network. Yeah. So while I've got you, James, so is it an active discussion at a board level just now then around what what do you think the, the mixture between office-based work, remote working, is there going to be, you know, agile working? Be better so now. What's kind of the flip, do you think? I, I think... Um... Yeah, I think this is now front and center. Um, I think, you know, again, we've been guilty of being quite old school in some in some areas of the business on that. Um, and I think what we're seeing now is people can be just as productive and just as effective. And I think it opens up opportunities that we probably overlooked in the past, you know, good, good people, not necessarily based near an office. We've probably been put off hiring them. Uh, people who've left, you know, move with their partners elsewhere, you know, um, we probably could have retained, you know, in a working from home, flexible working environment. So I, I see it as a real upside and a real opportunity to, you know, retain good people that you don't want to lose, but maybe moving somewhere else for, for you know, other family, personal related circumstances. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's front and centre. And I say it's going to be something um, once the dust settles on this bit a little bit, I think we're going to be looking at that. We're going to be looking at our offices. And you know, looking at each office, you know, really through a you know a lens and saying, do you know, do we need that real estate? Do we need that office there? You know, um, in our in our world, you know, most of our meetings are on the client premises. There aren't too many clients these days that come to our offices and have meetings on our premises. So, you know, it's, it's something to really really think about. You'll always need sales offices, but you know, do we need as much office space for some of the back office functions and um, and some of our personnel that um you know aren't, aren't front facing all the time well yeah you've even seen the increase in uh, or the volume of jobs and location is remote even on linkedin over the last kind of two or three weeks i know the job boards are, are slowly kind of catching up and um, just because obviously a lot of it's predominantly around radius etc but yeah that that's also interesting in itself is that final criteria being made redundant because where someone's located and that's more yeah. around the talent like you're well, saying We've had to do that. We've had to onboard people over the last three weeks, you know, remotely, which has been a, a new experience, but it's worked. So, you know, again, we've got systems that they can log into training, uh, learning management system, etc. So, 
it's worked. But yeah, that's been new. Onboarding people remotely um, is something we've had to learn. Um, yeah. And again, coming to what Bev was saying earlier, it's about that, you know, especially with those new starters in such a strange environment, connecting with them daily, making sure they're okay, you know, not left alone because, you know, they probably don't want to bother people, but making sure you can bother me and I want you to, you know, let me know if you need help. You're so used to having the person next to you that you can ask, so how do you do that? <laughs> exactly. 55% of your first two weeks are how-to questions. Let's get, let's get it right. So you need yeah. to figure out who, that, who the answer to that is going to be. Exactly. Um, so are you back with us? Yes, can you hear me? We yep. can. Welcome back. Yes, um, thank we you. Were, <laughs> no worries. We, we were talking about, um, uh, is it an active discussion at a board level in terms of remote working being a mainstay moving forward? Um, yeah, just kind of keen to get your thoughts on that. Yes, I mean, I was, I could hear you guys clearly. So I completely agree. I think it's really thrown open wide, you know, the way that we, um, where we find our talent as well. Um, so, you know, everybody naturally assumes or people naturally assume you need to have them in a set location. Well, you know, don't bring people to the office now, bring the work to the people and where the talent is. So I think that's a very different slant on it. Um, we did our induction fully online fully virtual um, at the beginning uh, of last week and it was brilliant uh, and, and whilst it's always great to be in person with people it was very high energy lots of um, you know I think probably even more interactive because of the way it was set up uh, and, and you know yes I mean offices I think they have a purpose you know for a social purpose for um actually getting around the table perhaps with with clients um, from time to time but does it have to be fixed I don't know I'm not convinced anymore I think this has really no. given us an opportunity to think about things differently you know it's it's got to work for our people I think that's important so we have to listen hard you know what did they value from this experience uh, and what didn't they want to keep doing you know I think we need to be in listening mode very quickly when we we get back into you know whatever the new version of the world is yeah and I think there's, there's something in that as well if you um, I guess if we asked all, all recruitment leaders uh, how much money they spent each year on, on just, just travel and expense, for instance, that the millions of pounds that they could put back into their L&D department. I think that interesting point, the amount of companies I speak to that don't even have an L&D department or a trainer in-house, but spent you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds each year on sending people here, there and everywhere. Actually, we could reinvest that into our employees to ensure that they're developing at the same time because the expectations on our employees only increases. The expectations from our clients on our employees to deliver only increases as well. Um, we'll kind of move into uh, the opportunity within the disruption. And, and I think just like one kind of summarizing point from what we just spoke about there. Uh, if you think about all of the data that we saw in certain sectors at the beginning of this year where there was a talent shortage, I'm keen to understand, and this isn't necessarily a question more of a, of a statement, I'm keen to understand the, the reporting of that. Was that reporting based on individuals with that skill set, or is it a little bit about location as well? Because actually, if you take that opportunity to go into the new world post this, this kind of crisis, if location goes out the window, maybe we can actually find some good talent out there immediately impact our revenue as well and the good so James I said I'll come back to you around this part the opportunity within the disruption you mentioned clients you mentioned uh, teaching your people new ways to sell via video new ways to interact with your clients 
what are you doing specifically with your client to help create opportunity? Uh, well, a lot of our clients are, you know, in the same boat we are, facing crisis, and um, you know, look, I think you know you have to take a supportive educational stance at this time with your clients. Um, and we have been looking at that, you know, with them as, as strategic partners about how how they can save money. Um, and we're not going to necessarily do that just by cutting our margins or cutting our, our gross profit line for them. Um, you know, there has to be it has to be a symbiotic relationship um, with many many of our clients it's you know how can we uh, consolidate their, their supply chains how can we step in and give them you know, give us greater volume and we can give you better price um, so we're doing a lot of that at the moment talking to our clients about how they can use us more um, our service offerings cover more than just recruitment so it's also trying to bring in some of our other service lines to see you know what are you spending on globe mobility at the moment what are you spending on payroll in that country at the moment because we can you know we can necessarily might be able to come in and, and offer that at a cheaper rate. So it's really trying to get all your people thinking about not just recruitment sales, our complete suite of services sales, and and thinking about where we can um, create value for our clients um, with our wider portfolio of, of um, services. And that's working, you know. And, and we've got our clients thinking, looking at their supply chains, thinking actually, I've been using those guys for 20 years. I've never actually, you know, had a price conversation with them for the last whatever. So you know, that's working for us. Um, and you know, so it's not just about recruitment, it's about what other services we can sell uh, and, and create that value. Yeah, I'm a big believer in challenging the status quo. Right. So things have been done this way because we've always done it, or we have this relationship because this individual knew them 25 years ago, etc. So big fan of uh, challenging the status quo. In fact, that is one of uh, the scorecard metrics that we measure our employees on as well. It's not just accepting that this is it, we're encouraging curiosity, we're encouraging new ways of solving, et cetera. So, uh, so that's cool. Um, how about yourself, Bev? Have you, as a team, have you, have you kind of coached them into ways to interact with the clients? The clients, have they asked for anything? Um, I, I think it's a couple of things. So firstly, you know, I'm very conscious, as are all of our people, that the way you um, treat your clients now, perhaps when some of them are you know, experiencing some difficulties, will either stand you in good stead or you'll lose them forever. So, um, you know, I think really listening and, and working out how you can support them, you know, through their tough moments, um, you know, I think will pay back enormously later. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, you know, where people perhaps are thinking, you know, taking on a permanent uh, headcount right now might be a risk, but an interim still might work. Um, so, you know, actually being more flexible with the kind of solutions we're offering our clients. Uh, and then thirdly, you know, some value adds. So James talked about that um, a few times this afternoon. I think that bit's really important. So, you know, we're bringing some new ideas to the table, um, a bit like you are here today. Actually, um, Sean, you know, kind of small, intimate gatherings where we're kind of, you know, sharing thoughts and ideas, um, putting solutions on the table um, to generate debate and new thinking. That's important. I think, fourthly, just to say, you know, as a solutions business as well, we're finding a lot of companies now are not finding it that attractive to be managing their own IT, um, you know, when they are so reliant on it. And so offshoring opportunities are really coming up um, in abundance. 
Okay, interesting. Is there any, um, obviously I don't want to go too granular, James, obviously it's USB, et cetera, but, but any other opportunities that you're uh, kind of seeing or you can foresee coming from this? Uh, well, obviously, the I guess the big opportunity for everyone is, is the bounce back um, and it's, it's going to happen and it's going to be big. I, I think we're all, most people, you know, see that um, when the world is released from its cage, there's going to be lots of opportunity to bounce back. So for us, it's about ensuring what we do now is not going to be detrimental, overly detrimental to being able to support our clients when that when they resurge. Um, so you know, it's it's critical right now to manage your business on a quite weekly, daily basis to ensure that you are um, not overcutting, uh, not making um, too many strides in certain areas that you know are going to be hard to rebuild um, when when the, when the markets return so you know we're putting in weekly metrics contractor headcount you know billings etc we know you know what stages of of the business you know where we might have to you know pull levers and turn knobs to do things or where you know what we're prepared to to suck up as a business to ensure that we protect the core so we can we can rebound with the market so that that for me is critical it's that that financial forecasting, your metrics, you know, what do you need to do to survive and get through it without overly um, damaging yourselves is critical right now. So do we have a, a resounding um, belief that the snapback is going to be great? Is that across Bev, yourself and me? I'm not going to speak for Bev. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do. Um, you know, we're, we're a tech recruitment and solutions business technology is at the heart of everything so for sure I think um, it will come back strongly so we um I've done I've done a lot of research on this personally actually um, it's, it's an interesting uh, kind of historical lesson so uh, Harvard Business done it as well uh, and what they've done is they've seen that from past perspectives the actual snapback piece you know, it's a faster growth than what it was when he was going into it during a buoyant market. So whilst you, uh, you know, you sustain that momentary dip in terms of the J curve, the snapback is, is much more accelerated. So I guess to the question around what we see now versus previous recessions, um, equally, James, you're experiencing it in sector recessions as well, right? Oil over the last about twice in five years. Um, yeah. What are you seeing now that's different then, aside from the fact that obviously this was, was not foreseen? Well, I think the biggest, I think the biggest difference on this, on the COVID um, uh, recession, if you want to call it that, whatever, it, whatever name it will be given in the, in the future, um, will be, yeah, will be the, the knowing the snapbacks coming. Um, whereas, you know, oil, oil recessions that we go through and oil dips and troughs that we, that they go, they grow back for, you know, over a couple of years, they grow back to their peak. The difference for us is, is hold, you know, again, holding our cost base. As, as firmly as we can with, with, with the best people we can, because the snap is going to be so much stronger uh, than a typical oil recession where, you know, they cut, everything stops, projects stop, and it takes a while for those projects to ramp back up again. And I think that's the big difference for us is that we don't want to treat this like we would a previous oil downturn. We're treating this very separately. Um, and oil is going through a bit of a crisis at the moment. So we're almost having to have two different stages of planning right now in our business. You know, what's, you know, because we've got many customers who, who want to return back as soon as they can they've got facilities and assets to run and they need people to do that so it's almost having two tranches of you know what's oil projects that are probably going to take a few years to recover and what's covid um 
related holdbacks that will bounce back strongly. So we're going that granular at the moment, trying to go client by client, project by project. You know, what are they yeah. looking like they'll do in the next couple of years? Is it going to be a quick snap or is it going to be a couple of years for them to ramp back up again? It's very different. Yeah, and that must be that must be quite odd as well. So you're looking at two things in parallel, but they kind of are intertwined, but equally yeah, at the same yeah. time, no different uh, impact associated to them. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Bev? Um, so we're talking about similarities, or see this new or different from from now or from previous recessions, bear markets. Yeah, sure. So I mean, in in previous recessions, if I think back 2008, 2009. Um, let's use that one. Uh, I think, you know, clearly it was uh, brutal on, on some organizations, some markets. It really was. Uh, and, yeah. you know, there's a huge loss of jobs um, in, in that process um, with, you know, some organizations supporting people as they exited, others not. We can all picture, you know, everything that was in the press and on news, news channels yeah. around the world as that was going on. Um, and, it, and it felt kind of, I don't know where disjointed would be wrong, but what's different, it seems, in this is that everybody's in it together. Everybody is impacted yeah. in one way or the other. Um, and then actually, in many ways, it's bringing people together rather than driving them apart. And I think the first one drove people apart. This is not, it's unifying. So I think we will learn a lot more from this um, about, you know, us as social people, um, as uh, you know, how organisations can really work versus you know the way that we perhaps used to work beforehand, um, and challenge yeah. ourselves. Just as James has been saying, and as we've been talking about here this afternoon, you know, the way that we will operate our businesses will almost certainly be different. And the thing is, I think you know people are much more human um, in this, so there's a heck of a lot more support. Um, than perhaps, so it probably felt more isolationist, even though we yeah. are isolated in our own homes, it feels more yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's something in that, you know, a lot of people will say that they've got that, that kind of skill to be able to kind of self-motivate. You think about most of the CVs that we've ever, ever read that come across our desk. Hardworking, driven individual, like self-starter. <laughs> Actually, it's putting that to the test a little bit, but it's the qualities that kind of shine through from that as well. The, the humility that I'm seeing is, is great. And like you say, it's that sense of uh, all in this together and camaraderie is, it's been great. Um, just getting people together to have these sort of dialogues has been, been really cool as well. So, so uh, thank you very much. On the, on the same topic, obviously, um, prior recessions, we, we didn't have the level of support from government that we're probably getting now. You know, yeah. obviously, the UK, the UK is doing tremendous amounts, whatever it can. US, you know, and we, yeah, we work in quite a few jurisdictions, and everyone's following through Australia, Singapore, Korea, wherever it is. So, I, I think as business leaders, that that gives us an immense amount of confidence as well. That again, we're all in it together, um, and we're going to get some assistance to, to to get through this. So, that's been a great, you know, it's been great to see that happen, not just in the UK but all over the world. I think it's also helped uh, give confidence to the people, right? It's not just the businesses; it's the people that they have a bit more confidence that the businesses they work for, the businesses they potentially will work for, are being looked after and do have the support as well. So they have a little bit more confidence in their own personal lives within their four walls that they will be able to provide for their family moving forward as well. So I know it is tough times and we have people being furloughed, etc. But I think you're right. That's the biggest uh, kind of difference that I've seen as well is the unilateral uh, kind of solidarity but equally the support from from the government as well yeah. um 
question for you. So we're we're all quite bullish. We're all we're all have belief that there is going to be a snapback, a bounce back. Everyone coined that phrase. Um, what sort of and we've got proof points for that. Proof points. What sort of courageous decisions? What sort of bullish decisions are you going to make to make sure that you are best placed to do that? James. Oh, it's probably. Again, not over overreacting and holding as close to that line of survivability as you can, so you're 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 as best prepared and best ready and best resourced um, to snap back. So I think you do have to treat this one, um, you know, differently uh, and be a bit braver. And again, again, the financial support helps that. You know, some of the tax deferrals for us as a business are enormous that we can push. We can forget about that. Our liquidity is going to be okay. For a period of time because some of these you know um measures have been put in place so for us it's been brave enough to to take a hit um and and be prepared to bounce bounce back so that's probably the, 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 bull, the most bullish thing we're going to do as a business is, is is not just try and you know this year is going to be this year right i think everyone's looking at that it's going to be what it is um yeah. we've got to look to next year you know how best can we keep our shape um and our culture and you know you know positive thinking um, now, so we can bounce back. That's that's the, you know the bullish element to what we're thinking about now at the moment. We're writing we're writing this year off. It's the forgotten year. Oh yeah, I think everyone is as well. And, uh, and for for all the CEOs out there, and for for everyone, just needs to know all time been revised. It's fine. <laughs> I, you know, I, I I hate the notion of giving. Even though I completely agree with what you're saying, I hate the notion of giving up on a year given we're only in whatever the day is say 7th of April so I kind of like to think there's lots to play for here yet um, and you know I think the other thing I'm I'm really thinking on top of what James has said which I completely agree with all of that I think there is the the notion of being ever more focused um, so you know if you look back to I don't know maybe a month two months ago how many projects did you have on the go and how many have you got now um, you know, and are they the right ones? So, you know, for me, I think I'm encouraging everyone to think about, you know, the uh, the time that we're spending, are we spending it on the right things? You know, are we spending it on the things that will actually make a difference or the things that we just have a, an interest in and they should work, but we don't know. So, you yeah. know, being a bit more brutal with our decision-making and ourselves um, so that we can be ready and fit to come out the other side. That's, that's a great shout. If, if people, if you use this as an opportunity to, to really um, focus on your capacity management as well, but actually attributing what that percent of time is being attributed to, I think that's a really, really good good point. Um, because equally, that that's what people can find themselves doing. Like they're stuck in the house, they could just be doing work for work's sake, but actually, what's the output of that? Is it beneficial? Um, so that, that's kind of one measurement, and that's something that we've been looking at as well. We're, we're uniquely placed where we have um, you know, all 10,000 of our customers in the cloud to see some of the key metrics. So um, we're showing from February 8th, I think it was that week, jobs that were out there, time cards that were processed, et cetera. And then what does that trend look like on a week by week basis? Um, more right in assuming there than both of them, um, look at the key performance indicators within your business that define success. What they were at that point, measure those as your ability to predict not necessarily when the bounce back will happen but predict you know what good looks like and then attribute your time spend in those areas as an organization yes awesome. that's right that's brilliant thank you
And it's key. Uh, for, I mean, it's key, it's key for your guys to, you know, your frontline guys to be trying to get as much client intelligence and client information as possible through this. Again, to help shape those decisions because if you've got good partnerships and got good clients, you know, they want to work with you because they want you to respond with them, hopefully, in the bounce back. So, you know, um, it's, it's critical to keep your finger on the pulse of the client so you can model that through um, and know where your low point is and, and what you're going to have to deal with at that low point. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's great. And uh, we've managed to actually cover a lot of the questions from the, the audience as well, which is, is brilliant, uh, as well as a lot of the questions that were submitted as part of the registration. So as we're coming towards the top of the hour, um, I don't know if, any, if you both had a closing statement or a message to, to the attendees uh, before we wrap this up. Over communicate. I'll say it again. You know, if, if that's the one thing I'd share is is video is is a godsend and um, do do over communicate and, and be visible to your to your people in this time. They're looking for that direction and that, and those faces, you know, familiar faces that are in their bedrooms or working working from home. So yeah, that would be my message. Uh, completely agree with that. And and I and I would also add, I think don't panic because you know it when you're sitting on your own actually it's kind of wise just trying kind of take a, a step back before making a decision you know I, if I can I'll give myself overnight uh, and come back the next morning you know because you see things more clearly that's really important during this time when you know you feel like sometimes you have to act fast sometimes that's the wrong thing to do so take yeah. a pause first we're all afforded a little bit more time nowadays anyway. <laughs> uh, well, with that, I'd like to thank you very much for, for joining us today. I think this has been a great example of the community spirit that we have and we see and continue to see developing in the market. Um, I hope that you would be open to joining us again. Uh, we'll get the feedback from, from the attendees to talk about various other topics they'd like to see us present here as well. But, I think the overarching message is that we do see positivity at the back end of it, the snapback, if you put yourself in the right position to capitalize on, will be beneficial. Um, communicate with your employees, empower them, and, and make sure that you listen to, to every voice that's out there as well. So with that, I'd like to say thank you to everyone that's joined. Um, there will be a bit of a write-up, which we'll, you know, we'll work with the, the panelists on. There will be a survey that's coming around. It's a great opportunity to submit topics, questions, anything you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, and there will be a box in there as well to see if you'd be interested in joining a follow-up session, be it a roundtable or another panel uh, discussion like this. Then please raise your hand. Uh, I'm sure that everyone in the market would like to you know, see fellow peers having this discussion. So with that, I'll say goodbye. Thank you very much and stay safe. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Bev. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Thank you.